Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. Welcome back to the second hour of A Metal Friday Morning Tailgate here on Raider Nation Radio. Clay Baker. Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, all with you on this Friday. And a lot to get into. Pete Prisco from CBS Sports will join us at 8.30 here on R&R 920 as well. We'll take your text on the Salmon Ash text line 69187. And we broadcast live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studios here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Heidi, Vinny, Clay, and you, as uh, we enjoyed a conversation yesterday that we had with Ice Cube, founder of the Big Three. They get tipped off this weekend in Chicago. And, of course, he is the president of Raider Nation. And it was fun having him on yesterday. Heidi did such an amazing job tracking him down. You were like a pit bull yesterday <laughs> with the PR people, tracking him down to the very last. We got him on at 945. We just wanted to play a, a, a quick portion of this, just a, a four minutes of uh, when we got a chance to talk to Cube. And we opened up uh, the conversation about how interesting the league has become for the big three because you got a collection of uh, veteran players who still have a lot of uh, play left in their game. But yet at the same time, they got a different rule when it's three-on-three, three, all that and more with Ice Cube as he joined us yesterday. And we talked about how things are going to get tipped off for their fifth season tomorrow in Chicago. Well, I knew they, I knew they had it because, you know, there, there, there was pickup games, you know, by these players all around yeah. L.A. You know, these guys still got them juices flowing. And, you know, we were pleasantly surprised. Uh, Steven Jackson at our first combine – he set the tone for the league, you know. He basically said, I ain't got no friends out here. Don't come out here looking for a pickup game. You better come out here ready to compete. And and it set the tone where everybody knew, look, yo, a lot of people think you're done, man. You know, a lot of people think you can't play no more, you know, and and this is highly competitive on CBS. You better come with your A game. You don't come out here lacking are you going to get embarrassed and so they really quickly realized that so now they you know everybody come play all out give everything they got uh first one to 50 wins so since there's no time clock and minutes like that there's no garbage minutes you know guys play all the way through and i think fans appreciate it and you can trash talk in our league you can hand check you can be yourself you know it's no no restrictions on you on how you play and who you are. And I think that's missing. You know, once once uh, America got rid of trash talking in our sports, that's when we started to lose to the rest of the world. So I just think, you know, we got to do things to keep our competitive juices going. It ain't always money. Sometimes it's pride. And these guys got a lot of when you speak about pride, what kind of moment was it for you to be able to come out in the draft, be able to represent for Raider Nation, be there with Derek Carr and, and Darren Waller as they were going up to the stage and just kind of being that face on day one of the NFL draft here in Las Vegas? Oh, uh, man, it was, uh, it was spectacular. Like, it, the draft is bigger than the Super Bowl because you got – you got every team coming out to represent, to have a party, to 
to root on. You know, they team the new players. You know, I had a chance to kick it and, and have a long conversation with Marcus Allen. Um, so, you know, it was just, just as a fan, it was fun. As an entertainer, um, it was still fun. You know what I mean? I was up there having a ball, closing it out, and, uh, you know, people stayed and rocked. And, you know, this is the, last, the second day of the last, I mean, the second day of, of the draft. So, you know, it was just fun, man, and I can't wait to do it again someday. Ice Cube, as Heidi uh, alluded to, you are the president uh, of the of Raider Nation, uh, without question, uh, and uh, that is an indefinite role for you, um, and a lifetime role for you. Um, I gotta say, I gotta ask you this. I know Raider fans and Raider Nation goes into every season with high hopes and high expectations, but I would imagine this feels a little bit differently going into this year uh, with Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs and 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 Hunter Renfro and what they brought on defense with Chandler Jones and some of the young defensive players on that side of the ball. How different does this year feel uh, as the president of Raider Nation? Well, it feels great to have, you know you know, great pieces to, to play with. You know, these guys are all proven. Uh, they've all shown what they can do on the field. You know, bringing in a new coach. I think coaches uh, learn a lot their second time around from their first time around. So, you know, hopefully he's ready to get some revenge on Denver. But, hey, man, the AFC West is stacked. You know, we can't. The same rest, you know, we still got to go out there and play every game hard. You know, I think the AFC West is now the hardest division in football. Mm-hmm. At least it looks like it is on paper. So they got their work cut out for them. So I hope they, you know, ready to go. You know, at the end of the day, having the players is great. But having to mesh and play together and win is the next level. So I hope they take it to that next level. Which of the players are you looking forward to seeing this year take like the biggest leap you think it's going to be like Max Crosby, Derek Carr, or just watching Devontae Adams go out and do his thing? Which guy is it going to excite you most to watch this year? Dan Waller, you know, I think he, the sky's the limit for him. And I think he's a top five tight end in the league, you know, and I'm always looking for him to do things that, uh, only few can do, you know. I think he can, you know, he can line out wide if, if you want him to. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing him take a, another step forward. Um, as far as Renfro and Devontae and Derek Carr, you know, they to me they, they're proven. They, they're going to come out there and do what they do uh, no matter what. Um, a running back, you know. I just think we 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 ready. We prime. You know, there's no more no more excuses on why we can't you know go deep into the playoffs and hopefully to the championship. Ah, oh, there he is, the president of Raider Nation, Ice Cube. He joined us yesterday here on Raider Nation Radio, and I love the optimism from uh, from Cube, especially when he thinks about all the weapons that are on offense. And you asked that, Heidi, like, what's it like for you now to see everything that's there, especially Devonte Adams, and for uh, for even Cube, who's like, uh, you know, always very calm and rational he's like he can really feel that this is going in the right direction now right and i liked what he had to say too about darren waller and how he's looking for that resurgence to come about that all together everything well oiled machine clicking Mm -hmm. that is going to be unstoppable and like i think even darren said it's like who you gonna double who you gonna double cover right 
Queen of double cover. And that's what I keep thinking about when I look at this scenario playing out with these three on the field, uh, you know, uh, from and then Hunter. don't forget the run game. Remember you talked yeah. about that? Like that's going to benefit those guys right. as we, well. We were just talking about that off air. Like who's going to be the guy that does X, Y, Z? And we're trying to like figure it out. And there's like talented people in every single role there for the Raiders. And looking at Kenyon Drake trying to get healthy still, you know, be 100% for this season. We, I think a lot of people right now aren't really spitting his name out of their mouth right away, but it's it's something else to think about what he can do with catching the ball as well out of the backfield. Yeah, and uh, talking to Jordan Schultz about the perception nationally of the Raiders and, and oh, yeah. Ice Cube talking about the optimism uh, that, that Raider fans truly feel, mm. and rightfully so. Obviously, every year you go into the year hoping and you're positive and you think it's going to work out, but you know, generally speaking, in the back of your head, you're you're honest about things like where your team uh, might be or might not be, um, and so there's a little bit of trepidation. I think for the first time, and we've talked about this so many times, you guys. I think for the first time in a long time, Raider the the Raiders team, Raider fans can go into most Sundays, if not every Sunday, thinking Raiders have just as much talent as that team across the uh, across the field. Like literally, they do, um, and that's been something that we can't we we couldn't have said that three years ago, two years ago, where you saw obvious holes. We're talking about the roster and, and who makes the 53. In in years past, not only was it easy to figure mm-hmm. out who to cut, Yeah, let's be honest, there were players that were playing that should have been cut as well. I mean, that's just the fact of the matter. When you talk about 2018, guys that were filling positions only because that was the best option of some otherwise bad options you're not going to that's not the case anymore and and so it gives the raiders a lot of confidence and their fans going into each sunday saying we compete with this team talent wise now it's just are we okay in the red zone are we avoiding penalties or you know not uh, turning the ball over if you're the raiders that's what you're thinking otherwise as opposed to we got no chance in this game <laughs> when really right. they got to play bad and we got to play great and that's the only chance that we have that was what the conversation Honest conversations would have been a few years ago. Now that's changed completely. It, it's changed, and you got an elite play caller like Josh McDaniels. There's all sorts of uh, things that are going well in on both sides of the ball. I think more or less, we you want to know more about the defense, and I think yeah. a lot of that will start getting questioned out and patterned out throughout the next couple of weeks. But you know, that's a that's that's a prime thing when you in the back of your head, like all right, things are positioned really well in this offseason until you get to training camp. Now let's see where the fall, pieces start to fall and who starts making this team and who doesn't. Well, another story that happened this week was uh, a, a surprise and, and, and so heartwarming is as Mark Davis, Raiders owner Mark Davis, was able to go and make an, a very sizable contribution uh, this week. And it made the news as Ben McElroy, former Raider, Super Bowl champion and all pro safety. Uh, he is from Uvalde, Texas. And he uh, he and Mark Davis had conversations about what could be done and contributions. And you were wrote that story for the Re- Review Journal. And you know what was your level of uh, you know like a uh, you know kind of surprise of like wow, not surprised that Mark would be con- you know contributing, but in the way that he did with a million dollar donation to that school district. Yeah, I talked to Mark Davis about that uh, after we got off the show yesterday, and uh, he said you know Van called him, and uh, and he goes I can instantly tell there was pain in his voice. Mm-hmm. You know what's what's going on. And he goes, I didn't know that Van was from Uvalde, which is where the mass shooting was uh, last month. Uh, killed, I think, 19 students and two teachers. It's 
uh, hard to even say those words, uh, to be honest with you. Um, but so, you know, Van started talking to him about how he has a grandson uh, that goes to Evaldi, one of the schools in Evaldi school, school district, and that the family was thinking about, man, you know, for safety reasons, we might pull, have to pull him out of the public school, put him in the private school, and da da da. And then they started talking about, you know, ways to try to help. And and Van told uh, Mark about, you know, there's there's been a discussion about trying to fund um, a project to help secure all four schools in the school district with a big fence and cameras and impenetrable doors uh, in in the school. And so Mark told me as I I, fe- I finally said to him. How much would this cost? You know, is there is there a cost involved? What would it take to to get it done? You know, because anytime you start talking about stuff like this, obviously, who pays for it? How does it get paid? Is the always the issue? Uh, and so Van didn't know. He didn't know off the top of his head. He's like, let me let me go check. You know, and uh, and so Van called uh, around and the school district and got a number and called uh, Mark back and said, well, to do all four schools, it would cost a million dollars. That would be the budget. And and as I was talking to Mark Davis, he said. So a million dollars would cover all four schools and get this thing done. And uh, he said, yeah, done deal. We're writing you a check for a million dollars. So through the Raiders Foundation, um, Mark Davis and the Raiders wrote a check for a million dollars. They presented it to the Evaldi School District on a Zoom call, Zoom meeting. uh, I think it was earlier this week. Um, Much to everybody's surprise and obviously uh, just delight and appreciation. And so that's how that came about. And, you know, in talking to Mark, uh, a lot of this, you know, uh, was really remindful of him of what happened here in Las Vegas uh, at the Mandalay Bay. Mm-hmm. And I think 60 people, you know, were killed. And, and as Mark always talks about this, you know, that was when the Raiders were first making their move out to Las Vegas. So um, it was it, be, it had by that time it had kind of become home for a lot of the Raider people. And that's where their hearts were and that's where their minds were, were, were going. So it was their community. And to see that happen um, just before, I think it was right before the uh, groundbreaking for the stadium or maybe yeah, simultaneous to it. No, Some, it was before. Yeah. It was a little bit mm-hmm. before, but it was right before. Uh, it wasn't too long before, or, or uh, you know, uh, and so so that touched Mark, and it's still to this day. So every time he hears about these types of things, he thinks about the pain and the heartbreak and the devastation that towns and cities go through when things like this can happen. So for him, uh, as he told me, you know, it's a small price to pay, and he's hoping that there's you know there's a bigger issue. We all know what that bigger issue is. Uh, not to get all political, but for for that part of it that we know we're talking about to eventually get fixed is probably going to take years and years and years if it ever does. So there has to be some things that we can do as communities now um, to help, um, you know, uh, protect our kids, perfect, perfect these or, or protect these schools and give parents peace of mind when they drop their kids off at schools that the kids are going to be safe. So, uh, in lieu of other things happening with gun control and that type of thing, what can we do now just to help, uh, you know, make things a little bit safer? And so, and so Mark said, hopefully other communities will see this and maybe follow uh, our lead or, or the lead that, that, that we set. And, and, and hopefully uh, schools can become a little bit safer. Van McElroy appeared on Q Meyer's show, Unnecessary Roughness, earlier this week, and they talked about how that conversation to Mark Davis, where Van McElroy says help, and Mark Davis provided, this is what he had to say on the donation to Uvalde. It is overwhelming. I'm just telling you. It is crazy. And uh, just to, you know, we've always had the saying there at the Raiders, and they're all those little, you know, once a Raider, always a Raider. You know, just when baby, those types of, of statements that are made, but and, and starting with with Al Davis, Mr. Davis. I mean, it he really 
really made those things sink into guys because it, I, I'm telling you, if you played and you won, they were going to take care of you. And he took care of me, maybe the highest paid safety in the league for a year, you know. And, and then, you know, some guy, no name guy by the name of Ronnie Locke came along and, and, <laughs> and took that over. But, uh, but, but you know, and, but he was going to do those types of things if you, if you were winning and working hard and having success. And, then the other side of that, you know, Mark has just come in and done an incredible job. I think better than any owner in the league of of, of making the the Raider organization a family. And what I mean by family, I'm talking about, you know, if, if you played on that team, uh, you're a part of the family. And 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 he just done a great job of that. We've had different events. Uh, you know, gone up there and, and seen some of the older guys. I say some of the older guys. I'm one of them. <laughs> and uh, but it's just great to see those guys and come in and and, uh, and several of them actually live there uh, now and, and and help out uh, with different events and what have you. But you know, bring us back. For, it was great to go back and see Tom, obviously, and Coach Flores, and uh, you know, losing Mike Davis. Uh, but in all of these, whether they're difficult situations or uh, just exciting situations, you know, we're all there together. Uh, you know, we laugh together, cry together, celebrate together. And, and I think that's what family does. And he's done a great job of all those things, brother. Ben McElroy on with yeah. Q Myers and unnecessary roughness. Great interview there. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's a very telling moment, especially when you have a certain uh, camaraderie within an organization. And it's uh, even though you haven't played football in about 35, 40 years, it, it still doesn't mean the ties aren't there. The ties are very, very strong with Raiders and their alumni. Uh, it's the Raider Nation Radio, Heavy Metal Friday on the tailgate here. 69187 is the Salmon Ash text line. 69187, because you deserve what's right. This comes in from uh, St. Louis Raider D., he says, I just wanted to give a shout out. Happy Father's Day to you, Mr. B, and my cousin Vinny. <laughs> and if applicable, also one to Miss Heidi. I know maybe not genetically applicable, but I can tell <laughs> that she uses her fungibility and she also knows more football than 98% of any man I know, myself included. 314. Raider D. Thank you, Raider D. That's very, very kind of you. Oh, I made my day. <laughs> Beautiful. And just so you know, I'm everybody's cousin, Vinny, and I accept that. I love that. Oh, uh, that's so good. 69187 is a, yeah. yeah, the two youths. Excuse me. What's He's a got two youths. He does, doesn't Vinny. he? Vinny Vinny's does. I do. Youths. I do. They're getting older, but uh, yes, they are Happy still Happy Father's youths. Day to you. Thank and you very much. I genuine appreciate it. To you as well. You got Jackson. He's a rock star. Well, as far as we know. <laughs> <laughs> Vinny's got a daughter and a son. Jasmine and Noah. Yeah, I didn't know if you oh, if you were like giving out their names on air. I'll let you do that. But, you know. I will uh, give them their uh, flowers. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, and it, it's just hearing Van talk about Mark. And, uh, you know, one thing that the Raiders have done, uh, and, you know, obviously Uvalde is in Texas. It's not here in Nevada. Uh, but but it, it really speaks to, um, you know, Mark Davis when the Raiders were moving from Oakland here, he was extremely, extremely um, uh, just adamant about when he does get to Las Vegas being a good neighbor. Not a taker, but somebody that was going to get a, be a part of the community and be a respected part of the community and somebody that people can come to for help. Um, and, and he has been true to his word. There's nothing that the Raiders have done since arriving here in Las Vegas um, that, that – you know, uh, is anything but just being a great part of the community. So when 
Ed Greeny and I sat down with Mark for an interview for the paper. It was uh, right after, or I'm sorry, yeah, right after he had purchased the Aces. And when we were trying to talk about the synergy that he has as an owner between those two teams and what his mm-hmm. ultimate goals were, he said community was always first. Yep. And when I came here, I wanted not just for people to see this football team moving in and this stadium moving in, but I wanted everyone to see that we were going to be involved, right. that we were going to be more than just a shield that you see on the stadium or a logo that you walk into Caesar's Palace and yep. see on a restaurant. And the, it meant more to him than that. And so yesterday I'm at this community event that it was called Nike 11 on. There's eight local high schools there. Mind you, for I think three of those schools, like there was Clark and, and this Lowell, was at- Spring at yeah, Intermountain Healthcare. Right, the, the Raiders facility. Right, they so they're the all doors. in the Raiders yep. practice yep. field. Oh, that's <laughs> you imagine, yeah, being a 13, 14 year old kid going in and then playing on the same turf that you know Devontae <laughs> Adams was just catching balls on. Yep. Like and then <laughs> and then on top of that, like the fields that they gave to some of these programs that I remember mm-hmm. going and talking to parents that said that their kids were falling on the asphalt and ripping the right. skin off of their arms. And that they didn't have any kind of facility locker room but that was all done taken care of when the Raiders came in. Yeah, Rancho High School, the whole mm-hmm. field was replaced. It was so bad Raiders. before. I did videos of all of it. Of Rancho Clark, like they didn't have anything. And then to see the transformation what they are now you go there is gorgeous. Yeah. It's it's and it's really um you know organiz- uh, an organization like the Raiders being um that part of the community is really it's 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 heartwarming. Yet we're all, we always talk about the wins and losses, but the the Raiders to me have won in this move and I think Las Vegas and Southern Nevada and Nevada has benefited from it. That's Vinny, Heidi, Clay, and you here on Radio Nation Radio's Morning Tailgate. We'll step aside for a few minutes and we'll come back with Pete Prisco, longtime national football writer with CBS Sports. He joins us next. We'll talk about where he looks at the Raiders on the national perspective and after their draft and more here on Radio Nation Radio. It's Metal Friday. The Morning Tailgate on Raider Nation Radio. Heidi Fang, Vinny Bonsignor, Clay Baker with you. Thank you for being with us here in the second hour. As we go deep into the NFL with longtime NFL writer with CBS Sports, it's Pete Prisco who joins us here on Raider Nation Radio. Pete, good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. Before we start into it, I, I just want to go back uh, to your draft grades with the with the Raiders. You gave the Raiders a B on their draft. I loved the, the analysis, but you also thought that uh, some of their late-round picks, like uh, Neil Farrell Jr. and the six-round guard from Ohio State, uh, Thayer Mumford, was also something that you felt uh, very strongly about that, like, you know what? Uh, they didn't have a lot of picks in the draft, but what they did, they found a lot of value. Yeah, I like Neil Farrell. I mean, when you put on his tape last year, he did some really good things. Uh, now, he has a tendency to get a little heavy. He's got to be careful with that. But uh, I think he's a big, wide body that can hold up at the point and can push the pocket a little bit as well. And, and as far as Munford, you know, the thing with him, he's been moved in and out, and played tackle, played guard. And I know they have some scheme flexibility there. You know, they're trying to figure out what Leatherwood's going to do. But uh, I, I think he's one of those guys to keep an eye on. Maybe not right away, but in a couple of years, as a guy who could possibly push inside and be a starter. Pete, we've been talking today about uh, the national perception uh, of the Raiders, and I think for the first time uh, in a long time, there's like genuine optimism um, nationally uh, that this Raiders team is is headed in the right direction uh, and isn't just a club that uh, can push for a playoff spot, that m- maybe even do some things once they get to the playoffs. Uh, you could poke some holes in that um, uh, as a national writer, but, but am I on to something uh, by saying that? 
it's too bad they're in the division they're in. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I jokingly call the, the AFC West the SEC of the NFL. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's loaded. It's absolutely loaded. And they're a good team, and it wouldn't surprise me to see any of those teams win a division. And I'm a big believer in Josh McDaniels. And, and I'll be honest with you, the first time around I was a Josh McDaniels uh, critic. I didn't think he was ready for it. I don't think he'd be the first one to tell you he didn't handle it well. It was probably too much given to him for the first time. But I think he's a brilliant football coach who's going to really show what he can do as he runs this team, particularly that offense. I think he's going to be really good for Derek Carr. I think he's he's a smart, bright guy, and their offense is going to be fun to watch. So uh, I'm more bullish on the Raiders now that Josh McDaniels is in there. You know, you don't have John Gruden running to the – to the personnel people telling them to take Cleveland Farrell instead of Devin White, which he did. Um, so I, I think that's that's some of those some of those things that I think it would be better for the organization. But I, I'm, I'm you know they could finish fourth or first, and I think that's the same for all those teams because there are you know every team has concerns, and I think when you look at the interior of the Raiders' offensive line, I think that's the biggest concern, or at least one mm-hmm. of the big concerns. Uh, you know how are they going to line up there? I know they drafted a kid out of uh, Memphis who's going to be a good player. Where will he play? What do they do with Leatherwood? Who plays right tackle if Leatherwood plays guard? Parker play there. I mean, there's so many things at play on their offensive line, particularly on the interior, that I think there's some questions there. Uh, who's the third receiver? I, I know, you know, Demarcus Robinson, is he, is he that guy? Is that what they want to get? Or, you know, is it Keelan Cole, who's a good player, by the way? I've watched his career for yeah. a long time. And then, you know, defensively, um, they're little at linebacker. I mean, that, the, the inside linebackers are tiny, and I know that this, the game has become a speed game, but even no matter who starts, they're not very big there, and that, and that could be a concern at times as well. So I, I think there's issues at play, uh, but I'm, I'm much more bullish on the Raiders than I would have been this time a year ago. I love that you mentioned the linebackers. That's something that I've been talking about. Like, if you look at the depth of that position, if somebody in the starters kind of goes out, it's like somebody is going to really have to step up there. And I've been thinking in terms of the defensive line as well, that they've gotten a lot bigger at that position, which is the opposite of the linebackers. They've gotten a lot bigger looking at these 300-plus pounders um, on on the front end on the D-tackle spot. When you think about the guys that they've brought in, uh, Vernon, but um, excuse me, uh, Vernon Butler and Matthew Butler, Kyle Pecco, what do you make of those guys who, who who can actually come in and you know play that role and what they might look like in Patrick Graham's system? Yeah, and they're you know those guys got to be guys who can occupy and hold the point, and and you know I don't I don't think you're expecting much in terms of the pass rush from any of those guys, which is fine mm-hmm. because they have pass rushers, you know Crosby and and Chandler Jones will be able to rush the passer. That's not a problem. So these guys got to be, you know, space eaters. And I think in that system, that's what they'll do. Um, uh, you know, they, they do have a lot of big bodies, like you mentioned, and, and eventually two or three of them will step up and be guys that fit with what they want to do. When I talk about the linebacker, I'm talking about the inside linebackers. I mean, it, it, how did they run it in minicamp? How are those guys starting at the, at the inside linebackers? Is it Perriman and, and who? Uh, it'll be Divine Diablo. He was a little limited, um, yeah, had a physical right. deal, but uh, yeah, it'll it'll be uh, those two. Jayon Brown um, is 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 in the mix. Uh, Micah Kaiser, uh, Kenny Williams uh, is in the mix. So Kenny Young, yep. I mean, excuse me, Kenny Young, Kenny Williams, Ken, uh, Kenny Young is. They're not it? big guys though. All the no. all, like Diablo's a blown up safety, and Perriman's a little guy, and Brown's a little guy. I mean, right. So Tyler Fackrell too a, is another outside. one that they brought in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, outside. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so they're not they're not very big in there. So they better hope those guys that play down 
uh, actually can hold the point because if they get guys on their bodies, they're going to have problems getting off of them. Well, it's interesting. We're speaking with Pete Prisco, senior uh, writer with CBS Sports, covering the NFL for a long time and also dreams of an Arizona State title down the way. And Antonio Pierce, former Arizona State coach, is now the linebackers coach for the Raiders. What, what do you see in Antonio Pierce what it was, that he was able to do over the course of his time out there in, uh, in Tempe that kind of like is make that, uh, that coach maybe a more transcendent guy in the locker room now to maybe teach up this group to a new style of linebacker that this modern NFL really needs now because it's a different departure from what he was using when he played yeah he's a he's a good coach um you know the, the problem at arizona state is they didn't win and um you know they didn't get you know you know college football is if you don't get the players you're not winning no matter what but he's a good everybody i've talked to he's a really good coach he'll be good for that group um and i think you know he's one of those guys that can get him to play uh motivate him he understands what it takes to play the position he, he understands what it takes to coach the position and i think that's going to be good for those linebackers so I, i'm looking forward to his career going on a, uh, on a positive ascension because I think he's got the skill set and, and the tools to become a good coach and maybe even a head coach in this league. Pete, uh, you brought up Josh McDaniels and uh, kind of alluded to uh, a difference maker that he can be on the offensive side of the, of the ball uh, with what he brings to the table um, in, in that area. And, you know, when you think about this Raiders offense and you think about Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs and Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, um, and then you think about the quarterback in place, Derek Carr. He's never had this level of talent around him, and maybe not this level of play caller around him. When you when you put all of that together, including the Josh McDaniels factor, um, how much is this going to help Derek Carr? Well, I, I think it's going to help him a great deal. I, I think this is you know one of those situations where you know you get big playmakers like Adams and, and Waller when Waller's healthy and he wasn't healthy last year you guys know that yep. he never really was even in the postseason he didn't look close to being what he was and and so you get those two guys and if you get Waller all the way back and you get Adams going that's two major threats and I'm a big Hunter Renfro guy guy gets all he does is get open I mean that, it's a tough matchup for any corner on the interior because he's such a good route runner so I think that's all really good for Derek Carr McDaniel's will be really good for Derek Carr. The question becomes the offensive line, like I said. Now, Colton Miller's a good player at left tackle, really is developed in that spot. I think there's questions across the board at every other spot. And so you go into a season uh, where you've got a Kansas City offensive line that's really good. You've got a much improved offensive line with the Chargers. And I think if you had to rank, the, you know, Denver's got some issues as well, but if you had to rank the offensive line in that division, they're either three or four, and so that's a concern. Overall, when you look at this team and you start thinking about like what it, it can look like against some of the other teams in the AFC West, there's been a ton of competition there. Uh, I just wanted to get your take on, you know, with the Raiders looking like they could be the odd man out when you look at the playoffs down the road. I mean, there's a lot of people ranking them as going to be the, the bottom of the AFC West. How competitive is this division going to be? And, and do you feel like the Raiders have a chance uh, in this division if it's given like within a game or two once you look at what the final record could be? Yeah, I think these guys are going to beat up each other. I really do. I mm-hmm. think it's going to be, you know, it's not going to, I don't think anybody's going to run away with it. I, I just don't. I think it's too tough. You, you know, you go in the, Vegas and play the Raiders, that's a tough game. And you go in and play the Chargers, they play tough game. All of them are tough games. Denver with Russell Wilson and all those receivers, and I think they'll be better on offense and they're good on defense. So can they win the division? Sure they can. If I, if right now, if I was picking the division, would I pick them? No. I'd probably pick the Chiefs one, the Chargers two, and then between the Broncos and the Raiders at three and four. Yeah. So it's going to be tough for them to win the division, but 
you know, again, Josh McDaniels, good coach. Derek Clark, good quarterback. Uh, Devontae Adams and Darren Wall, big-time playmakers. I think the defense, you know, has, like Nate Hobbs is a player that a lot of people don't know. You guys know he's a really good player. Yeah. Uh, you know, if Yasin, Yasin can be good, a good corner at the other side, that's, that gives him a nice grouping. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it, you know, with Trayvon Mullen, I, I think it's a good group. My concern, like uh, Jonathan Abram, has struggles in coverage. I think that's a major issue for them as well on defense. And what are they going to get from Chandler Jones? He had what six sacks in the opener, and he didn't do much the rest of the season. So you wonder if he's hitting the peak. I don't think he is, but that that question is out there. Pete, uh, when we talk about the NFL uh, as a whole, uh, it just seems like every day uh, there's there's a new headline coming out of Cleveland uh, and the Deshaun Watson uh, situation. Uh, I don't get the sense that the Browns, at least publicly, um, are expressing any dismay over the decision that they made to bring him in and give him that kind of money. Um, but I do wonder uh, if if they if there is a little bit of buyer's remorse, especially with the unknown of what might happen uh, with Deshaun. What do you make of that situation, and how bad or, or ugly can it get uh, before it gets a little bit better for them? Well, it's getting uglier by the day. I mean, Man. more and more of these suits popping up. I, I, look, look, it's a bad look for the Browns. It's a bad look yep. for Deshaun Watson. And you have to let it play out, and that's where the league is in a, in a tough situation. Do you suspend them this year, and then more of those suits come out, and then and then what? Then you suspend them some more, then you kick them out of them. I mean, what do you do? And, and so I think it's it, you got to figure out how to handle it. It was a bad contract. You shouldn't have given them the guaranteed money. Nobody around the league was happy with that. In fact, you know, I'm not so sure people inside the Browns organization were happy about that. I think that was a mandate from the owner. He wanted to get that guy in there, and they did it. Uh, so what happens if he gets suspended for a year? Who do they play with? Jacoby Brissett, or you you have Baker Mayfield under contract. Yep. Baker Mayfield go play for them for a year and try and, you know, amp up his value and get out on a free agent market or maybe make them re-sign them if they don't, you know, if there's some outs in that because there's supposed to be some outs in that Watson contract. So we'll see. But it's not a good look for the Browns. It's certainly not a good look for Deshaun Watson. Pete Prisco here with us on Raider Nation Radio. Uh, your list up there for the top 100 players is up now on CBSSports.com. Uh, I love that you have Devontae Adams at number 11, but this is a, a moment in time for a guy who's now been playing with Aaron Rodgers. How do you feel like overall that move from leaving Green Bay to coming here now with Derek Carr can kind of put himself into that category where he becomes that legendary elite receiver because he's already built up a track record that leads him to a Hall of Fame vote? Yeah, look, I, I'm a big Devontae Adams guy. I, I think he's a great player. Um, anyway, he was misguided when he said Derek Carr is Aaron Rodgers, though. I mean, let's be real. Uh, you know, he compared the two. That's not, and, and I know they're friendly, um, <laughs> but they're not the same guy. I mean, let's be real. Um, so it's, it's going to be a more of a challenge for him. But, I, I, look, he's great players elevate their games no matter who's throwing them the football, and I think Devontae Adams will do that. And I think he's, his trajectory is on a Hall of Fame career. And, 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 you know, I think when you look at what they did to go get him. It was a great move by them. You know, there's always concerns because you're giving up draft picks, you're giving up draft capital, you're paying him, uh, and, and he's not a young player anymore. Uh, and so there's always concerns there, but I think with the way the Raiders are constructed right now and what they're trying to do with Josh McDaniels, I think it made all the sense in the world to make the move. Pete, thank you again for your time. We appreciate it. Uh, love your perspective. We hope to t- talk to you again before the season kicks off, but uh, we wish you the best of weekends. Have a great one, man, and happy Father's Day. By the way, the Raiders the Raiders fans are harsh, man. I love no, it. No, no. <laughs> what? Are you sure? 
Yeah, oh yeah, you, I don't rank a guy in that top 100 that they think should be in there. They're harsh. They're harsh. Passionate. They're passionate people. Uh, I love it, though. I, oh, yeah. Look, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know what? Yeah, that's like, you know, just win, baby. Isn't that what they say <laughs> once in a while over there? Uh, every once in a while. Pete, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Have a great weekend. Thank All you for right, your guys, time. Take care. Pete Prisco from CBS. Uh, I, I love having this perspective on because... Uh, you know, it, it's one thing to just know every personnel from every team, but knowing deep inside people's lineups and rosters yeah. is, is something Pete's been doing for so many years. Yeah, and, um, you know, in Devon, Devontae's uh, defense, he he didn't literally say that uh, Derek Carr was, was, was Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I know that that kind of got the headline. It um, did. It's, like, confusing it's to so, me because he didn't I know, say like, that. Especially if you were there and you were watching him, like, search for the right words. Because obviously, you know... I think Derek Carr would probably tell you that Aaron Rodgers is, you know, he's up there, you know, and, oh, yes. and you know, so let's be honest about it. And and I know Devontae knows that as well. And and here's a, a, a still a good friend that he has in Aaron Rodgers and obviously his current quarterback and best friend, one of best friends in life in Derek Carr. So he's searching for the right way to say that, to answer that question. It was a very difficult question for him to answer. And I think he did it as diplomatically as he possibly could. Mm-hmm. And even as he did, as diplomatically as he did, Heidi. It's still got <laughs> headlines <laughs> ESPN everyone and everyone else said Devontae Adams says Derek Carr is as good as Aaron Rodgers. My and, goodness. Yeah, the part too where I could tell that he was really searching was like when he was trying to explain the differences and how they put the touch on the football. Yeah. You know, like he was really trying to say one does it this way, one does it that way. And right. he's like, I'm not saying anything bad about Derek. And the he ball said still that, gets there either way. He said that he said that twice. Twice. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not trying to put anybody in, in a bad light. Like, and then that part never gets said on any No, of no. It's but. like it, we, they're 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 exactly the same is right. is what is what you would draw from all the headlines and everything like that. It's just it's one of the again, I mentioned it yesterday and I know Heidi feels the same way. It's one of the parts of our business that that really drives you a little crazy. Especially they hold on when to one part of it. Especially yeah. when you're there in the room when and see how it all plays out. So many times yeah. they make it seem like, you know, these players get in the middle of a room, get up on a box and say, Hey everybody, come here. Come here, real quick. I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like the last question of a what twenty five minute press conference. It was long because Devonte gives such genuine, Ill, genuine and thoughtful answers. Like he really does. Like he yeah. will take your question and just think a good while and give you the as dedicated as he can as a human being response that he can have. He's and, very much like Derek mm-hmm. in that regard. And uh, Darren Waller as well. There's Chandler Jones. Max. Max, uh, Max Crosby yeah. for sure. We're very, very lucky um, here uh, covering the Raiders to have uh, as eloquent and uh, insightful players to talk to. It makes all the difference in the world. We really do. And oh, like even man. like when you start looking at like guys like Jermaine Illuminor, how he spoke with AJ Cole, how he spoke with us. Yeah. They were all so fun and engaging. Like it was nice to have that. And then we had the Daniel Carlson, AJ Cole experience yeah. where they both came out and they're talking about minnows and sharks and it was crazy. But yeah, the, <laughs> it's great to have that. Do I have a quick uh, minute to tell a quick Kobe Bryant story? Oh yeah. Go all right. It. So uh, Kobe uh, being as eloquent and as intelligent and he's, as he was, uh, he had a post-game press conference one night uh, at Staples Center, and uh, for for him, they would take him into a separate room and do the you know instead of at his locker because it got way too crowded and stuff. So I'm sitting there and I'm standing next to John Black, who was the uh, PR director at the time uh, of the Lakers, and there were these two gentlemen that were in the back of the room 
that I didn't recognize. And they're in suits and they looked important, right? And so I'm like, who, who, who are those guys, you know? And it turns out that they were the spokesman for either Obama or one of the presidents. They were Clinton. I don't know who it wow, was. Wow, that's pretty cool. You know, it was, it was, it was, you know. And I'm watching these guys watch Kobe as Kobe just broke everything down and talked about every subject and had a command of everything, every question, spoke in Spanish when the, 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 the uh, Spanish reporters asked them questions. And I'm watching their reaction, and it was almost like their jaw was off. The, they were like, oh, my gosh. And I kept thinking, That's cool. I'm watching these guys thinking that they're thinking, this guy could run for an office or something like that. Like, he's that type of a guy, and that has a command on so many different subjects. And so when you see that, there's an appreciation for it, and I have great appreciation for Darren and Derek and Chandler now and, and obviously Devontae because it makes our job so much easier when you get more than just the yes, no, and the cookie-cutter uh, answers. And it also shows that they're very comfortable in, in who they are now as players. Yeah, definitely so. And I think that uh, there are always going to be guys that don't have much to say, but right. it's just kind of the nature of the beast. But we're very fortunate, like you said, to be able to have some of the many that – are really genuine uh, and very thoughtful about what they do answer to us. And then you have the quirky guys like Denzel, who I, I would say he's a little bit. Uh, it's been a minute since we had to well, talk no, to he Denzel. Was, he was there. Remember, I, I asked him about. Uh, um, he had the Colin. Bull cap on. And he's like, you're trying, to, you're trying to trick me, right? <laughs> you know, that's a that's a tricky question right there. Like, he he kind of plays with it a little bit, so I enjoy that as well. But uh, And the younger players, you understand, aren't going to have the big command. And plus, they're just trying to not say anything bad, anything that's going to get them in trouble. All right, let's take a break. We'll step aside here. Thanks again to Pete Prisco yeah. here on Raider Nation Radio. Here It's a morning tailgate on your Friday. 69187 is the Salmon Ash text line, and we'll take your calls at 702-365-9200, the Realty One Group listener line. Hey, guys, it's your boy, Vinny B. from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right. Tat products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas.